Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. But first up this morning, the Irish aid agency Trocra is this year marking its 50th anniversary since it was first established in 1973. Since then, Trocra boxes have been a staple in Irish households, a call for help for those suffering in the developing world. My guest this morning has been 30 years with the charity. Quiva Tabarro, CEO of Trocra. Good morning to you. Good morning, Miriam. Thank you so much for being here. If we could begin by going back to your childhood, Quiva, because while you were born in Dublin, you were very young when your family moved to Malawi. What was it that brought you there? So, yes, my father is a civil engineer and in 1977 he was offered the opportunity to build a harbour on Lake Malawi. Now, Malawi is still a very poor country, but at that time it was a country that really hardly anyone in Ireland had ever ever heard of. It was ruled by a man who styled himself president for life, effectively a dictator, and the population lived unfortunately in abject poverty at the time. So it was quite a change for a family from Ireland to move to Malawi. And as one of the poorest countries in the world, what was life like for you and for your family when you went to live there? So we lived in an extremely remote rural area. We lived on the lakeside, eight hours drive along mostly unpaved roads from the capital. So we had no running water, no electricity for the first few months. We were surrounded by a very small fishing village and we really were in the depths of rural Africa. Um, it was quite remarkable. My we, we had no school, so my mother taught myself and my brother. I was seven, my brother was eight and I had two younger sisters at the time also. And you were seven so that must have been a massive disruption to your life or what kind of impression do you remember that Malawi made on you? Or are you just like most seven-year-olds? You just adapt. You just adapt. Children are incredibly adaptable and versatile. So it was really a huge adventure for us all. And children don't have preconceived notions. They don't make assumptions. So when we arrived in Africa, we took everything as we saw it. And it was only later in life, looking back, that we realised that what we had witnessed in some cases were terrible injustice, the injustice of poverty and how people were living in a very repressive society. And that remained with me as I reflected on it as I grew older. So do you think then that the experience there in Malawi, that it's really sparked your interest in social justice and what you went on to do with your life? Yes, without question. It was really foundational for me because that exposure both to the beauty of Africa, to the friendliness and warmth of the people that we were surrounded by every day, but also to the pure injustice of people living in such poverty while here in Ireland, even at a very young age, you're conscious of the resources you've access to. And as I grew older, I would have been aware of the girls who lived in the village that I would have seen day by day, week by week. They would have been growing older in a much different world than the one that I had access to. So I was acutely aware of that as I grew into my teenage years. So what then led you to Throwcraft? So I was very active in lots of different things as a young person, including campaigning on fair trade. I volunteered for the Irish Fair Trade Network and we were trying to get access to the European Union for fair trade bananas and campaigning on labour rights because the conditions in plantations in Central America were particularly bad. And somebody recommended that I call Trocra. And I thought, OK, fine. So I phoned somebody in Trocra, being very aware of Trocra's history, work on issues such as apartheid, um, solidarity with Nicaragua. But I didn't really know what Trocra was doing in the 90s. Mm. And I was 
surprised and delighted because what I encountered was an organisation whose values entirely aligned with mine. Um, values of human rights and social justice and human dignity. So I very cheekily asked Annette Honan of Throkra to join me in a, min- in a meeting with Minister Ivan Yates, then Minister for Agriculture, um, to talk about bananas and the European Union. And that was the start of a long journey. And that led you leading to working for Throkra full time. Didn't it? That's right. So my first job in Throker was a campaigns officer. But as the years went by, I then moved overseas with Throker. So I worked in Mozambique and my job was one where I was responsible for programmes across the region, including Zimbabwe and Angola. Now, you'd already had your first child in Ireland. There's one thing you, Quiva, going to Mozambique. But what was it like moving you and a young family with you? So my baby was nine months old when myself and my husband decided to move to Mozambique. It really wasn't an issue. And it wasn't an issue because by comparison with what my mother had done, moving to very remote rural Malawi with four children, including a baby of nine months also, moving to the capital of Mozambique was nowhere near as huge a challenge. So we were very excited about the move and took it all in our stride. And I know you spent three years there, but even when I was reading the research for this, I mean, it was pretty shocking to you and even to read now the antenatal care, the public health system, that young mothers, because most mothers then were incredibly young out in Mozambique, weren't they? They had a terrible system. That's right. I mean, the, the the amount of resource that we have available to us, we don't really understand or appreciate it in comparison with countries which have much lower incomes. So I was pregnant with my second child and I was part of the public health system in Mozambique. And I became acutely aware just by the forms that were put in front of me and what I was asked to confirm became aware that the standard um, for a young mother in a country like Mozambique or across southern Africa would be that you would probably have your first pregnancy by the age of 14 or 15. By the age of 18, you probably had several pregnancies and not all of your babies might have been brought fully to term. Mm -hmm. So I became aware of this as somebody who was going through that system. Now, fortunately, we, of course, had access to other resources also. But it really made me very, very aware of the inequality and how women and girls in particular suffer disproportionately from all forms of poverty. Later, then I know your two boys, of course, were educated in Malawi. Having seen the work that you do, do you think it's given them a heightened sense of awareness around global justice issues? Yes, and there's no way it can't. We're so privileged that we had the opportunity as a family to live for three years in Malawi when my children were about the same age I was. And even through simple things like the friendships they had with Malawian boys and girls, with other children as well from around Africa, from around the world, Children view the world through the lens of their friendships and what they Mm. encounter and not through the sort of lenses that we as adults use. So they see the stories that are in the media from the perspective of, oh, I know a boy who's from there. And that connection is very different to the sort of judgments you make when you don't know people from the different countries. And that's why in Throker we try to make that connection. The Throker box, which is in people's homes, always tells the story of a family so that people can relate to human beings rather than to facts and figures. And yeah, and we all know the Throker boxes so well. And when we see them, I suppose, we hope and what we put in them makes a difference. But given the huge problems you deal with in African countries, from conflict and violence, I suppose, to famine, to climate change, 
Is it difficult to make any real inroads? Oh, we make a huge difference, a huge impact, even Throkra, which is modest in terms of an international NGO. The difference that we make is incalculable. Even in the last year, we've supported 1.8 million people in different ways. I was in Somalia just a few months ago and Somalia is going through a dreadful drought right now. And of course, the people who suffer most are young children and pregnant women. And in the six months prior to my arrival, The clinics that Throkra runs with the local community had saved a thousand babies from almost certain death. Now, we did manage to save every single baby, but the reality is that if Throkra wasn't there and if we hadn't been there for the past 30 years, the people of the entire district of Ghetto, which is an area the size of the island of Ireland, would not have had medical care and would not have had the emergency assistance we provide. But we also work across the world in many different areas. We work on human rights gender equality. Some of the work I am most proud of is the work that we do to support women to get into leadership positions and to combat gender-based violence. So, for example, in Sierra Leone, we had a wonderful moment last November where a group of local women's organisations supported by Throkra and Irish Aid, the Irish government's development arm, managed to get legislation introduced, gender equality and women's empowerment legislation, which guarantees that 30% of the seats in Parliament will be reserved for women. 30% of senior positions in companies must be allocated to women and women must have access to finance and issues such as land title. And this is the transformative effect of local women's organisations. Because it's it's been thought like this for decades, hasn't it, Creven? You know much more about this than me. That if you empower the woman, if you educate the woman, she will then make sure her children are both educated and cared for. Yes, the transformative power of women Mm. and gender equality just cannot be overstated. Now, what's important to recognise is that we don't just invest in women because of the impact they have in the community, but because women and girls have human rights as individuals themselves. But the reality is that for every additional year of education, for example, that a girl gets growing up, it cuts by a very significant percentage the likelihood that her children will grow up in poverty. So investing in women is investing in breaking the cycle of poverty. I imagine it's not a job for the faint-hearted Quiva and that you've witnessed a lot of hunger, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. How do you personally cope with that? Well, I think you do have to have personal systems to be able to help you with what is in effect the trauma that you witness. And the reality is that vicarious trauma exists. So nobody walks away from really difficult situations without being affected by them. And the situations I would have been most affected by over the years would include Gaza, for example, where you have a population of two million people who are living in an area which is 26 miles long, three miles wide and cannot leave. And last year I was in Gaza and I spent several hours speaking with a man who had lost his wife and three of his children when bombs landed on his apartment building in the middle of the night when they were all asleep. And he told me how for 12 hours he was trapped under the rubble hearing his children crying out. And that when he stopped hearing his children cry out, that was when he despaired. And he's one little girl and himself are all that are left of that family. So it can be very difficult to cope with the injustice of those kinds of situations, conflict situations in particular. But as an individual, as well as as an organisation, we really invest in self-care and psychological care. 
I use a tool that Stephen Covey brought to the world, which is really excellent and very simple. And essentially, it's three circles. So you have a circle of control. They are the things that you can do something about. You've direct control over a circle of influence, things that you can influence. And the circle of concern is everything that you care about. So while I, as Quiva Debarra, CEO of Trocra, care about conflict, gender inequality, climate change, I influence through the advocacy work our organisation does. And I control through supporting my colleagues and our partners in the decisions that we make every day to try to change the world. But when you think of that man in Gaza, I mean, it, it's so horrendous. I can't even bear to think about it, him hearing his children under the rubble. But you're there in front of him and he's almost looking for some kind of comfort or advice. I mean, what can you say to a man like that? So what he said to me, because, of course, this was terrible listening to this shocking story. But what he, he said to me is, thank you for coming Thank you for listening and please share our story with the world. What people really appreciate is solidarity. And solidarity means something more than just being aware. It means doing something. It means maybe taking part in a campaign. It means being active in the world in the way that's most appropriate for you. Now, currently, I know Throker's Lenten campaign is focused on Somalia. I know you visited in September. What were you seeing there then? So in September, the country had experienced at that point over two years of consistent drought and the drought has continued to date. Throker, as I mentioned, has worked in Somalia for over 30 years. In southern Somalia, hundreds of thousands of people have left their homes because their livestock on which they depend for a living have all died. After two, three years of drought, there is simply nothing left. So I met many families who had walked for days to reach an internally displaced persons camp around a village such as the village of Luke or Dalo, where we work. So one lady, the first lady that I met on the first day I was in Somalia, her name was Norto Abshiro. And she was there with her five children. The eldest was 10, a young girl, and the youngest two twins were babes in, in her arms. And her husband had remained behind to protect the last remaining assets they had in their home. And she said to me that every day she got up, she took her two babies, she strapped one to her back and one to her front and she went to the local town and tried to get work. And four days out of seven, she got no work, she came home with nothing. There was no food to give her children on those days. So leaving those situations, what I knew was, well, Throker is there available to provide support to people like Northo at this time of desperate need Mm. to make sure that her children at least don't end up severely malnourished because that's what we're there for. But later that afternoon, I met a group of women who had been displaced seven years previously in very similar circumstances, again following a major drought. Now, these women, their life had been transformed. They were farming along the side of a river. They were harvesting crops for consumption three times a year. So they had no issue in terms of nutrition. Mm. They were also harvesting crops to sell as fodder in the local market. So they were earning an income. So the reality is that with a small amount of investment, which is what Throker provides and technical support to local women and local organisations, you can actually break the cycle of poverty. You Mm. can transform people's lives. It doesn't take much that's so positive to hear. And I mean, do you feel then that, I mean, what help we offer? I mean, there's nothing philanthropic about it, really, given how we in the West have lived our lives for so many years, that if anything, we have this huge responsibility to help people in the developing world. 
We really do. And certainly when you think of the drivers of poverty and injustice today and climate change is one of the biggest drivers of injustice and poverty. And the people of Somalia are certainly not responsible. Neither are the people of Malawi. So we really need to take action. And this goes beyond, although it includes individual actions and how we live our lives, but it also includes campaigning and advocacy for our government and the European Union and all of the bodies we are part of to really recognise the urgency of the need to act on climate change, even though it's going to change the way we live our lives and even though that might be difficult for us. How quickly can Trocret respond to disasters, say like the earthquake we saw recently in Turkey and Syria? Or how speedily, I suppose, can you mobilise Quiva when a terrible event like that occurs? We are very lucky in that Trocra is part of an international confederation called Caritas. And there is the equivalent of Trocra, a local Caritas organisation, in almost every country worldwide. So, for example, following the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, Caritas Syria, Caritas Turkey and their local volunteers and staff were immediately within hours of the earthquakes on the ground, supporting people, assessing needs and working out how to respond to those needs. Similarly, in Ukraine, Caritas Ukraine, a year after the dreadful invasion, has already supported three million people in Ukraine with the help that they need. So Trokra works with those local Caritas organisations. We can respond quickly and at scale through local partner organisations. And of course, I said at the beginning, Trogard's 50 years old. I suppose traditionally every house in this country would have had the box at the heart of their home during Lent, the Trogard box. But I suppose with, I'm just wondering, with diminishing numbers going to church, to what extent is it as present in Irish homes today? You know, it's really quite remarkable and we in Throkra are surprised almost at the enduring appeal of the Throkra box. There are 700,000 Throkra boxes out right now in people's homes, which is really remarkable. There's an enduring appeal, I think, because, again, because it goes back to solidarity and Irish people's connection with the vision of a more just world. Um, I think the fact that you have a box which tells a story, which is not just a receptacle for coins, but it's also a way for people to express their solidarity. What we find is that people are maybe making online donations rather than returning a box full of coins always to the school or to the parish, though that still happens and we welcome it. So people are choosing the modality that suits them best, but people still love to have the box at home. And although it was, of course, established by the Catholic Church, you say now, don't you, your staff are of every religion and none. That's right. So we have 430 colleagues worldwide working across 16 countries and we have the full range of human diversity that you would get anywhere on earth, which is wonderful because it creates such a fantastic and vibrant culture and place to work. And what unites us are the common values of the organisation. You mentioned earlier that, you know, alongside your actual work in the developing world, you also work to change policy, both with our government, I suppose, and the EU. But does politics, first of all, dominate worldwide? And do you feel your voice is being heard or are governments in the West, are they chiefly concerned with problems closer to their home? I mean, I think we all accept the reality that any government is primarily responding to the issues in its own context, to the issues of the electorate. Um, However, I think in Ireland we are very fortunate in that we're a small country with a global mindset and typically our leaders do respond to, you know, issues of global injustice. Now, there are many different facets to any issue. So, for example, Trocra is working on climate justice. We're also working on corporate behaviour. And in some of the countries that we work in, we have witnessed appalling 
corporate abuses of human rights of local communities. So, for example, in the palm oil industry or in hydroelectricity, we've witnessed communities being pushed off their land and assassinations frequently of civil society leaders. And many of these corporates, while they might not be originally from Europe, they're invested in by European investment funds, possibly even our pension funds. Mm. So we do have responsibility as well. So Throker works, for example, on trying to promote legislation at European level to ensure that any European company looks at what is happening in its value chain and ensures that they are free of human rights abuses. Now, of course, you know, businesses will have their perspective and we are absolutely committed to working for solutions. Um, But, you know, governments do have to listen because citizens want the governments to do the right thing. And that is our experience constantly in Ireland. We've achieved change in climate law with the fossil fuel divestment bill a number of years ago. And we have seen plenty of change. So it's always worth carrying out advocacy at local level with your TD or your local representative and also at international level. And as we draw our interview to a close today, you, you say, Quiver, that Irish people, we have an understanding of injustice. I mean, why specifically do you think Irish people have such an understanding? I mean, we're not the only race on earth that's suffered injustice down the years and decades. We are not, but I think it's because of the history and the memory that we have. So the famine was really formative in terms of our psyche and also the fact of emigration. I think what we understand is that people are affected by issues in which they had no hand act or part, that they are not at fault, but that they are affected by issues like climate change, by conflict. And because we were affected by issues in which we were not at fault, that resonates with us. And I think that drives people's solidarity. Well, Quiva Debar, CEO of Throker, thank you so much for coming into us this morning and for all the incredible work that you and your colleagues in Throker are doing. For anyone wanting to donate or to learn more about Throker's Lenten campaign, they can visit throker.org. Quiva, thanks so much. Thank you very much.